0: It's a dark night. dark night. It's a dark night. What is up, my friends? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analysts is working to find over at MMA Junkie as well as LineMovement.com. But on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully, it's before the fight. Recording this, 10 a.m. West Coast Pacific time for fights going down on Yaz Island, Abu Dhabi, in the UAE. That is UFC on ESPN Plus 38. UFC Fight Night 180. UFC Fight Night Brian Ortega, his Korean zombie. I don't even know who the fuck's fighting anymore, folks, Uh, because I don't know what day it is (laughs) between Global Warning and the UFC schedule, but we're here to break it down nonetheless. Uh, I know I'm all over the place in my usual Dan Tom self, but in my defense, and not taking a shot at other podcasts, but again, just defending myself here for being all over the place, I do always provide. Fast, expedited versions to not just go through my written breakdowns, which you can always find the main events, whether it was last night's Bellator 249, uh, uh, Cyborg vs. Blanco, or this uh, UFC on ESPN Plus 38 or Tega vs. Korean Zombie in-depth breakdowns always at MMAJunkie.com. Um, but yes, on, on these shows in my defense, uh, I, I will do provide timestamps, whether you're on YouTube. Hello, like the video, subscribe to the channel, Daniel Tom MMA. Help that measly subscriber count that's getting old yellow territory. Don't make me take this out to the shed and shoot it and shut it down, kids. I will turn this car around. Just kidding, just subscribe to the channel. Uh, but the timestamps are there to, for the start of the breakdown. Going to give a quick shout, going to do a very quick recap of USC on ESPN Plus 37, which has been talked to death. And again, in Dan Tom's defense, But things have been talked to death. well, Contrary and Dan Tom will go fast. I don't like you talking to the third person. It bothers me. Um, You can all check the time. If you really don't want to listen to any of this circus, which I don't blame you, you can always go to the end of the episode, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, if you want to give it a nice five-star rating and review. Always can go to the end where I recap my picks and plays. Um, I wish more podcasts did that, right? It would, it would it would be nice as well. And I'm not taking shots. Just saying in my defense uh, for being all over the place. Trying to give you an expedited version here, folks, which is why I am speaking of Fastimus. Fastimus Prime. Uh, that and as I sip the last of my coffee. Boy, that Four Sigmatic coffee is good, isn't it? Hint, hint. Uh, or whatever coffee wants to sponsor me hint hint Dan you have way too many inappropriate jokes and an inconsistent time release to get sponsored all right let's not hit me with the truth let's get to the breakdown folks we're gonna be uh gonna be recapping before we hit that breakdown and just a couple quick shouts off to the bat speaking of Bellator shout out to Bellator for killing my pick average because there are so many fights and so many things going on I know a lot of you are rah about all the events but um And again, you don't want to give a crap about me or even the media for that. You know, I mean, who who cares about the media these days, right? At least sympathetic characters, believe me. Obviously, I'm not saying that, but, you know, whether it's stuff like the UFC staff, yes, I get it. You can have your opinions on the El Presidente or matchmaking or other issues you may have with the company, whatever it is. Keep in mind, uh, even with my limited experience working with them, really good people behind the scenes, man. And I also sympathize with them on these. I don't know what are we at like twenty something fight cards in a row. Uh, again, folks, uh, you know we can we can um, we can we can both criticize and sympathize. It's okay. Not everyone's bad. We don't have to brush with a broad stroke. I'm glad y'all are enjoying all this MMA content. Like if you're in a position, you know, first of all problems, first of all praises, right? If you're in a position where you can enjoy it, like good on you, man. It's a crazy world right now. Uh, so, I'm not trying to rain on your parade. Uh, I'm just saying there's a cost to everything. So, try to remember that. And at the very least, when we get um, kind of crappy uh, offerings, so to speak, at least from our typical gold standard, so to speak, uh, definitely don't be the first to complain about it because this is what the trade off is, folks. There is no biological free lunch in life or entertainment. So,. Um, Not going to say the uh, phrase that my old co-host, Goz Garcia, shout out to Goz and George there, uh, was almost going to fall into that, or the phrase I should say coined by Max Holloway. But speaking of the fighters, we'll recap UFC on ESPN Plus 37, and I would feel much better about this grind that everyone's going through right now if the fighters were the ones getting the payoff from it. Like, you know, if, if, if this pandemic era met the Joaquin Buckleys of the world get to step on a stage and do something crazy and then get fairly compensated for it in the neighborhood of 200k which you could argue is even that is not enough uh right and uh and and that oof i mean it's still in a fair window to criticize and and critique and talk about uh because the UFC missed their window but it also is not too late and would, I dare say be a, a good PR move for the UFC to go back and correct that um with jo- Joaquin Buckley man because um Yeah, I mean, you know, and I'm not one going, you know, reminding my audience every two seconds. I figure you guys are smart enough and I've said it enough, uh, you know, that you guys know who these shows are funded by uh, out there. So the fact that it happened out there where you figure there's an extra residual cash floating around of all places in the world, right? Um, Buckley couldn't get his hands on any more of that. So uh, as massively as I was wrong about that, which I'll talk about in a second, um, that actually bummed me out more. Um, so, cause again, at the end of the day, it's, I'm pro fighter folks. Uh, whether, whether, whether they like, uh, me, whether they like conspiracy theory whatever, I'm ultimately pro fighter. Um, real quick, well, I want to shout out, uh, Bill Welker. I did a lot of shows recently. I'm positive. Uh, p- ah, apologies if I'm late on the shout outs. I do retweet on my Twitter feed at Dan Tom MMA. M- reminder to follow. Uh, me on the uh, socials as well as the the uh, podcast on the socials. I won't pollute your feed there. And the at the PyM podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook really helps out. But I did Bill Wel- Bill Welker's show, aka at MMA on the Rocks. Good dude, been around for a minute. Knows his stuff. Really impressed uh, MMA or uh, you know uh, things that go on the rocks. Uh, Good dude, Bill. So shout-outs to Bill. Make sure you f- give him a follow and-, and check out his show, as well as the other shows I've done and retweeted again on my feed. I already shouted out Bellator for killing my pick average. Uh, let's get on to UFC on ESPN. Plus 37 thirty will expedite this as fast as we can. Went 9-4 overall in picks. Well, actually, it's not too bad, but what it is bad is 0-2 oh or 0-3 oh with a bonus flare. Pal A pieces 1-1 one and one in the straight plays. 0-3 oh in props. Corey Sanhagen defeated Marlon Moraes via spin kick round two. Um, And again, I I finished the card on a good note with that right. But like, shoot, dude, even though I was like saying that, even though I officially picked decision and wasn't giving enough credit and should have put inside the distance, like I was talking about later in the fight, as were most. So I can't bump my chest here, folks. Um, Nor did I feel like I could in the moment. But yeah, good on Corey Sanhagen. I am happy for that. And his team bounce back like that. Uh, hopefully my Marais can bounce back as well. Edson Barbosa defeated Makwan Amir Khani. Again, the scramble and the struggle is real. I was all out of sorts, man. Just so freaking burnt. Um, and I missed the pre-show. Apologies, Aaron Bronstetter. Follow at Aaron Uh, Probably underscore on there, but you guys already know him if you know me. Jesus. I mean, TSN MMA show, folks. TSN Canada. Uh, Aaron's the man. Uh, so he was cool about it. I I just feel bad because I'm me, so I'm gonna have to adjust my jiu-jitsu schedule and leave early because they're doing these earlier start times, which I'm not gonna complain. I know you guys seem to like, but um, old Dan Tom has enough hard enough time just trying to fit time to eat. You know, uh, like for example, aside from a smoothie, I didn't eat till about uh, excuse me, Barbosa Miracani, which is why I don't have much to say in this fight. Um Barboza using more of the hands than featherweight, looking like he's heavier handed. Knocking down Americani with some straight rights. Almost hit that round three or almost hit the, you know, round two. I mean it got out of there really if you look at it, but Makwan hung tough. Uh duplices. du duplice du safety <laughs> Defeated Marcus Perez who, again, Marcus Perez is a fighter who does imitations of things, and he uh, fights in la- layers of imitations, and he tried to imitate the... Yeah, uh, you guys knocked out over Korean Zombie and got knocked out by uh, du Police. And sure enough, that's the worst part about Dan, Dan Tom going out of... Uh, God, doing the third person too much. It really bothers me, the third person. Uh, it... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> When I go inappropriate jokes and they end up being true, like, I hope we don't got another, um, what do you call Donnie Aaron on our hands where I joke about this guy being a Nazi and sure enough, uh, <laughs> Jesus Dan. Um, but like, you know, for people who didn't tune in last week on the protecting Act podcast, <laughs> South Africa, he's from South Africa. Uh, and I was talking about, you know, Ernie, <laughs> Ernie Els. Uh, And I was like, randomly brought up Ernie L's. I'm like, Ernie L seems a little racist. I don't lock that tug. What's there? Sure enough, the police goes on his post-fight shows going like, I'm the real. I want to be the first African champ. I'm the real African champ. And like, partially, like, like, you know, um, not to go, you know, Ben Shapiro by the facts on you and and play that guy. Well, frankly. Uh, But, okay, I, I I could see that angle. But there's a potential real dark road. He's dancing around and he could just keep going right down. No, don't do it, Darkus. 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 Darkus, don't do it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Why is he, Danny's not German. Um I mean, man, but is he? He'd be. He is, he is an Aryan race poster boy with that bl- <laughs> All right, Dan, move on, move on. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he meant it in a positive way. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what he does. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, I'm pushing forward. Push forward. Marcin DeBoer defeated Ben Rothwell. Boy, was I wrong on that. And as per usual, when I'm wrong on these fights that I think I'm right on, um, one guy shows up, the guy I back shows up. Arguably worse. I mean, not that slow or fighting gas is like something like that's not normal for Ben Rothwell fight, but I would argue that a he usually doesn't go that top, you know, that heavy with pacing. But like B or A.5 he usually doesn't go heavy with that forward pacing because that's like a rookie move, right? The whole Jimmy Smith thing. You, you don't fight at a pace you can't keep. Most people learn that early in their career. And Ben Rothwell's had a ton of fights to learn that. And And I'm not being sour here, because it's kind of to prove a point. Like the output Ben Rothwell put, I forget what the strike count was, was something ridiculous. Like they out threw featherweights on this card, folks. So just to put in perspective to that point. That being said, good on Tabura, man. If if this means that you know, we you know one thing I did underestimate, aside from his you know skill, but more tied in with his skills is age. He's young for this division. So um, I. I probably should have factored that room in there to be surprised more, and surprised I was, folks. So, apologies if you followed me off that cliff. Tom Aspinall, aka Danny Brenner from Bell Tour, defeated Alan Badeau. I could see that coming. Liked how Aspinall, um, as uh, my dude Bill Welker pointed out, changed his levels there for a heavyweight. Most heavyweights go from the clinch. Solid point. Ilya Taporia came through. I'm glad I uh, researched him further and made that pick-and-play. was one of the only things that hit for me, was the only dog I played, so that was nice. Defeated Yusuf Zalao, who hopefully bounces back. Looked like he was taking it hard in the back, but the UFC Europe, or one of those outlets, showed a nice moment between the 2 salao Zalao's got a good team, so hopefully he bounces back. Tom Breeze bounced back, defeating KB Ballar. Um... Joaquin Buckley defeated Impa Kasanganai. Again, leaving room to be surprised. Should have, uh, you know, th- this is a spot where I usually don't get sold on. Uh, inexperienced guys, I'll kind of still, but uh, I, I was sold on Impa, and um, I paid the price for it, and, and you know, so did Impa. Hopefully, you know, he's got a great attitude, but hopefully we can bounce back from that, man. It's tough to be posterized like that. Good on good on Joaquin Buckley. Um. Yeah, all right. Tony Kelly defeated Ali Alcasey. Kika defeated Omar Morales. What's wrong on that one? Tracy Cortez defeated Stephanie Edger. Tajir Ulambekov defeated Bruno Silva. Chris Dacus defeated Rodrigo Nascimento. Good on the Dacus plays for those of you who were on that. All right. And we do on time there. 14, all right, that's usually kind of where we're usually at. All right, mark it down for 15 minutes. So we move over to UFC on ESPN, plus 30. UFC Fight Island 6, UFC Fight Night 180. All right, headlined, of course, Chan Sung Jung, minus 200. Brian Ortega, plus 170. Chan Sung Jung was getting low. I kind of wish I... Bet him, I felt like he was worth a straight bet at minus 170-ish, but the line got pushed back to near close to the opener now, minus 200. <coughs> Don't disagree. As much as things are stacked against Ortega, as I've talked about, Will talked about, and as I'm sure you've heard talked about by now, um, this is ultimately an action featherweight fight between two finishers and Chan Sung Chung. As much as we like to pretend it didn't happen as a guy that can, you know, Lose a fight at the last second as well. For the zombie thing, he can be stopped. If it bleeds, we can kill it. I don't got time to bleed. Um, so, yeah, I went with Chan Sung Jung here. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm reading some notes. Um, not for this fight. but uh, Do I have any coffee left? Uh, One last sip. The best part of waking up is ortega in your cup where's his hair brian ortega you know going 28 days later i don't know if he did it to make weight he said it's for charity but uh you know i'm you know tinfoil hat right folks oh tinfoil hat everything's tinfoil hat these days um yeah man uh he you like to make weight look to be in a uh, normal shape had some energy on the scale so Perhaps nothing, knock wood, too much to worry about. We uh, see both guys on fight night. I'm taking Chan Sung Jung here. I I essentially think because both of their games are largely predicated uh, and most potent off of the front headlock, um, that it could mute uh, each player since they both are capable wrestlers, but it's not their A game, and uh, they don't go to it a lot. Hence, they could probably... Be dissuaded from it easily, or if they're dissuaded from it once, we get um, at least a long, decent stretch of standing. So I think that's where that fight—the fight—is going to be decided. Uh, zombie doesn't go to the body as much as I like, which is why I picked past people to beat Ortega because of body work. And even when I was wrong, like Cub Swanson or Edgar, you saw these fighters. Uh, of course, Holloway, obviously. Uh, but who won is one of the best body punchers, you know, in in, in the sport. Uh, or putting it in his combinations, at least. Um, yeah, we, we saw that. Whereas Jung is more of a headhunter, right? Don't give your head to the dead. Um, however, Jung does use his left hand more than I remember. At least more recently, as he's really been refining his counter punching abilities. We know about the right hand over the top slipping jabs. We know about the uppercut, of course. Um, But his left hand was one that I wanted to see because even though Ortega gets hit with rights, you could argue more recently, um, left hands seem to be the common culprit. From early in his career to the later right hands that would stun him were often off of uh, left hands, well-timed one-two attachments, right? Not naked one, two, you know, one-two um then that's when the right hand was hitting so uh, you could argue that the left hand is what is sparking off the action there um and sometimes i talk about that i don't know it's my kind of bro science about it but you know some guys don't have good radar to the left hand and it could be something that we don't know like a vision or a physical problem or it could be my canary in the coal mine is that everybody worries about the right hand in the street fight. You like just duck the right hand and go from there at least, right? That's, I think that would be common sense um, if you're playing the odds. Um, or someone's power side when they're showing you what their power side is and you forget about the lead side, which is quicker, closer, and oftentimes more dynamic and easier to make dynamic oftentimes, right? So that's kind of my theory there on why some guys don't see the lead hand as well because they're, they're so focused, they're looking at the birdie. A Muhammad Ali thing, right? <laughs> Winding of the backhand, popping you with the front. Um, as a really kind of obvious characterization at that point, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, but I think Jung's left hand could quietly have play here, and Ortega's durability worries me. They're, you know, I almost hope he's not durable enough to take the shots. Um, I don't see this fight getting past the third round, but his durability could take it there, which I don't... I could see that angle, but it's like... I mean, he's fight, he's facing one of the more harder power hitters He's he's been paired up against. You know, Jung has legit stopping power. It's not like Holloway's, you know? So it's... Um, that's why I'm a little more... That, plus the upset potential of Jung getting knocked out with something rogue. Or, um, you know getting clubbed and subbed i don't see jung getting subbed unless he's clubbed so in other words i don't see him getting subbed soberly but yeah that's the pick uh, you take a zombie inside i think that's plus money there uh if they offer it um and if they're making you pick between sub and tko obviously tko is where you want to lead lean here because uh, even when he gets guys back, so he will, he, he's he been opting to just pound him out, right? From, like, Moicano to Edgar. So, that's kind of the angle. Um, if you want Jung, um, <sighs> dangerous to parlay, even though from all the reports, he's looking great, you know? Just, shout out to James Lynch, Justin James, and the Alticon Outlook. Um, Justin reporting intel from Johnny Case and other lightweights who just Jung was running shop on. No injuries, so... Whereas all question marks on Ortega? We'll see, folks. We've seen crazier upsets happen, but I'm going with Jung. Uh, Jessica Andrade, minus 160. Catelyn Chukagian, plus 140. This line opened that way? Pretty much. actually opened a little wider. I get it. I'm going with Andrade here. Uh, initially, I was worried she could slip up and get a submission. Caitlin Chukagian, people forget about her brown belt. She reminded people of it. Her last fight. But that was a long time ago at Bantamweight when Andrade was getting upset subs. She was a purple belt. She is now a black belt. Five years later, many competitions later, which is impressive. Not a lot of fighters put themselves out there like that. Andrade does. And double-edged sword. I like the aggression from Chukagin. I love that style. However, I You also argue, you know, uh, could have, you know, should have got a finish from either strikes or submission. For three rounds of dominant position like that, right? And Antony Shevchenko, yes, it's Shevchenko. Um, but yes, there's also the argument she's been overrated, which I'm a big fan of Antonina and Valentina, you know, don't get me wrong. But yes, it's very fair, especially from an odds perspective, that yes, that's very fair to say Antony is overrated. That's not that's uh that's probably factually correct, right? From an odds perspective. So so no diss. Um, And it's one of those things, too, um, like I spoke about on the Line Movement MMA betting show, which, again, folks, subscribe to Line Movement MMA as well, um, that just because these people are training with good people doesn't mean they are good people. Sometimes it means they're the punching, proverbial punching dummy. So maybe Nega is used to getting put in that position a lot, so it makes her good at defending there. Aside from my propensity to play turtle too much, I'm speaking from experience, folks, because... How do you think I've trained with good people? A lot of times, uh, it wasn't to sharpen my skills. <laughs> no, I was a body, and I was grateful, and I was able to learn things and parlay that into something. Hopefully, to not make you know my loss of brain cells and being strangled a, a total waste. But I'm not. Again, I'm not speaking to be rude here, folks. I'm actually speaking a bit from experience. I've seen it. I've felt it. Uh, both mixtures of both. So uh, it's 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 difficult to say. Um, there's going to be you know huge eight inch height difference, six inch reach difference, which is quantifiable, folks. Uh, however, even though Andrade is not a master cage cutter, I also don't think Chu Kien is a master evasive uh, point fighter like Holly Holm. Right, if we're looking at those prototypes there. However, the tennis player key eyes and the circling around the fence. And the punching at the ear and all the things that people will talk negatively about, these kinds of styles about, right? I get it. But the reason why they work, they work. And the reason why they work is because, again, most girls lack the cage cutting. And not even girls, by the way. This is a male or, in the male or female thing. There are so many males in weight classes that don't know cage cutting, right? Or don't emphasize it, work it, apply it, whatever you want to say. So this actually isn't a male or female thing. Apologies. Please don't take it that way. But... A lot of the criticisms that I said are usually lobbied at female fighters, so I guess that's why I'm framing it that way, and we're talking about a female fight, so Uh, forgive me, but it is relevant, Um, and the reason why it works is because, yeah, they can't cut off that cage, and these judges suck, and you're going to give them nothing to score, even if there's a lot of air punching, they're going to score with the person, you know, (laughs) showing the initiative and key eyeing. they're going to get tricked, they're going to get bullshitted into giving those rounds, I would dare say Andrade is a hard person to do that against. Andrade isn't going to tire. Uh I do feel like her power will translate. I don't know if in the sense she'll get a one-punch KO. I mean, she could fight the rest of her career at flyweight and not get that kind of as as emphatic a TK. She could get TKOs, but not as emphatic a KO as she got over Katalina Kovalkiewicz, right? So, I mean, I don't know how much of a knock it is to say or a big, big surprise it is to say that, like, oh, I don't think she's going to knock Kaitlyn Chukagian dead which she could and that wouldn't surprise anybody right um, but I think she's going to earn a decision it could get sweaty in the third Andrade is still playable and so is Chukagian if you're if you think that the line is wrong here um, I however think the line is right where it is I'll take Andrade. Um, haven't played it I may if I'm feeling degenerate or if it goes lower like to minus 150 or lower I may sprinkle Nothing heavier. I'm not going to tell anybody to go off cliffs. All the over angles are chalked the F up. All right. Jimmy. Y'all ahead of Jimmy Crute. Jimmy fucking great. Over at Modestas Bukowskis. Plus 255. Jimmy Crute minus 310 is the favorite. It's opened a little tighter, which I agree. It's like a battle of prospects. Was actually impressed with Bukowskis. He's got hard style pinpoint, which makes sense because he's got that, I believe, that sport karate style, that, uh, alexander volkov and a lot of eastern europeans uh, are in our practice as well as uh kioskushin i believe karate black belt uh gsp style it's another version of sport karate um or sport applied karate at least having that outlet uh, according to his credentials and then was indoctrinated in martial arts from his father who was like a no holds barred russian champ like servant of the ussr time so it sounds like a super intelligent cat. Creepy profile picture that I think it was Connor Rebus kept posting. <laughs> seeing on my timeline there. <coughs> um, but yeah, so you know I could start squinting as this line gets wider for sure. However, I really, I really do like Jimmy Croot, man. I do like that he already took his prospect loss over a guy like Nisha Serkinov. Sad that uh, line movement thing came out, uh, you know, don't crucify the kid for it. I like that he, you know, is so confident that he can give up a mount because he knows he wants that Kimura. Uh, whereas, you know, again, not, not not shitting on Chukagin, but having that dominant mount for three rounds almost and not getting the finish as opposed to, right? Again, judging, they're all athletes. We're judging them on an equal playing field here. We got to be critical and honest uh, and fair. Um, so no offense. That's all I'm trying to do here. But yeah, um, but yeah, I really like that in, in, in Jimmy kroot Um, I like that he can go into the third round against a guy like Paul Craig, a submission guy who gets third round submissions and get the submission deep on him. It's very dangerous. That's why he was confident enough to go against a guy who will make you pay if you gas against him traditionally, Michael Oluksajic, Oluksajic. Um, and was confident going like seven takedowns or whatever he hit in that first round, and thankfully it paid off. He didn't have to test his cardio once again. So I see him doing that here. Although Modestus Bukakis can grapple and can scramble pretty decently, um, I do feel like Jimmy Crude is the more on paper in the style I see as well, dangerous grappler. So I feel like he takes it there. Um, I'm really interested to see more of Modestus And if Jimmy Crute does go out there and make it look like easy work, I don't think you should be pouring dirt on Modestus. I think this guy's got a decent ceiling as well. Really interested and intrigued uh, by this kid. Seems super intelligent. But um, I also don't blame people using Jimmy Crew for a parlay piece, though. You know, Now that it's getting into minus 300 territory, yeah, I'm not going to lie, that does worry me. Especially after last week, which is why maybe I'm not giving any parlays. That's why I just wrote chalk, question mark, because... The chalk's pretty clear on this card, folks. Um, that said, I do got two underdogs plays coming your way, starting with James Kraus minus 145 and Claudio Silva, new level, <laughs> plus 125. <laughs> Forget what fight it was. He gets a submission. He goes up on the gauge, and he's like, new level, <laughs> Claudio Silva, Hannibal. <laughs> he did in his last fight and he just starts pointing to like some random production guy he goes hi Yanni (laughs) Bo." i just want to like a camera on the random like production guy sitting off cage just going oh okay don't hurt me (laughs) whatever you say oh my god dude this guy is just so i mean He talks, acts, his spirit is as janky as his southpaw striking. It's great. And he makes it work. He's always getting rocked. It looks like he's going to get knocked out and then just presses through. Um, And his only loss is a DQ loss at the beginning of his career, folks. So he's essentially undefeated, um, John Jones style. New level. And he's 38. He's older for the division. But he just turned 38. And with all the surgeries and hell he had to go through, which is what kept him so long with all these Layoffs in his career, you could argue that he saved Miles despite having to go hell and back in other parts of his life. He saved MMA and fight Miles, right? Um, James Krause, everyone loves James Krause, which I think is why the line inflated and now kind of has come back down to earth. Because I don't hate James Krause being the favorite, and I agreed with the opening line, James Krause minus 115 favorite. Practically a pick with Claudio Silva minus 105 right behind him. That was a fair line. Seeing Claudio Silva get to plus two one sixty five at, at the beginning of the week was criminal, and we saw the market um, adjust correctly and agree with me there. So, uh, so that was that was good to see. Um, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see. Maybe it's right, and James Cross is the rightful favorite. Man, I wouldn't hate it. He seems like such a, a good dude. I was always a fan of him as a fighter. Seems even better by his own and many others' admissions as a coach. Happy for him in his ceiling there. Rooting, you know, rooting for him to do well regardless. Nothing personal, but from a betting perspective, I believe that the rub and the clout uh, that he's kind of always gotten and recently deservedly so, by the way, gets now does play into the line and line and and prior line movement as far as inflating it wide initially, right? So I had to play against that. I missed the initial boat. Um, and so I think I only got him at like plus one thirty-five or something, or plus one forty on the way back down. Uh, full disclosure, uh, but yeah, man, I don't know. I I, I like Claudio Silva, man. Um, he's do durable southpaws who can grapple. And again, Kraus is a legitimate Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, but Claudio Silva is, I mean, next to Damian May and Sergio Moraes, you could you could you could argue him for that top three spot um in the division. Off the top of my head. You know, uh, the Adolfo Vieiros of the world are up at like middleweight, right? Um, so as, as far as his credentialed Brazilian jiu jitsu guys, right? Uh, but he's definitely top five easily. Uh, Claudio Silva, since he's been in the U- since he's been in the division, um, as far as from a credential standpoint, and he, again he can make it work. Um, unlike Marais, like oh, James Cross knocked out Marais, and. You know, Marias doesn't go for takedowns sometimes ever. Oh, well, he got one and went for four or whatever it was in that fight against Krause. Yes, but he doesn't go for it in the same way with the same vigor or sell out in the same method. Like even if you, Claudio Silva will keep going for it, he'll walk through hell. And even if you can't, he can't take you down, he will pull guard. And again, Marias' game, even though it's dangerous and show obviously, and shown to work at MMA, obviously. I would argue, still argue Morais Mar- was much more of a gi guy than Maya um, is. Whereas uh, gi guys who make it applic- applicable in the no gi arena of MMA, I would put Claudio Silva right behind Maya. He does it in a different way, but like despite his age and you know coming from the gi and being an MMA, he'll use omoplata to hit sweeps again. So in other words, he's actually using the guard at a high percentage. So this guy is legit dangerous from all positions, Claudio Silva. Um, I don't know if he gets James Krause out of there, but you shouldn't, A, sh- you shouldn't be surprised if he does. B, I feel like he gets enough back and positional control time to get the decision. Maybe you get a, a situation where he's having to survive at the end of round three um, to the scorecards, but Claudio Silva at dog money is, uh, is a... Is, is a one of the easier risks that I feel okay taking, uh, seeing on the card. Next one comes in a very contentious fight because a lot of people, I expect, are on both sides is, of course, you've got a fan favorite, right? And this inflates into the narrative, which also inflates into the price, which is Thomas Almeida minus 135. Jonathan Pedro Martinez plus 115. This was another one that got really corrected, and I thought we were going to see a flip, which bum, but would bum me out and would have pushed me to the Almeida side. But minus 190, I get how it's there. I don't disagree with Almeida being favored, folks. I'm a fan of Tomas Almeida. Don't get me wrong. But between coming off of a 33-month layoff against a guy who's active and hot from a team who's hot, particularly. Now, we just mentioned Yusuf Zalau. That was 145, folks. Particularly at 135 and 125. Uh, you know, uh, like uh, my dude over there. Brandon Royville, who, you know, one of the main training partners, by the way, for Jonathan Martinez. Um, yeah, they've been red hot in those divisions. Jonathan Martinez has done me well. He's been criminally underrated. He's a young guy now that he's got his confidence in him. He's got the he's got losses out of the way, experiences, short notice debut loss to Andre Sukumtat, which I know people will and still hold over his head. Anything Sucumpat touches. People seem to give a shit um you know I got a soft spot for the Asian sensation but I also you know uh, it sucks I, I I get it but I just do feel that's a bit overreaching uh especially in this case you know that was the case of I think people were making with the Frankie signs even as old as signs was Oh, took him top took him down <laughs> uh you know what's John martin you know what's uh, Frankie signs gonna do and as we've seen. Um, And as I've been kind of alluding to, the guys have been uh, over at Factory X, Muay Thai have been improving their wrestling and scrambling abilities quietly behind the scenes, not just recruiting better MMA wrestlers. But it feels like, and I've heard, you know, I don't know how close the Colorado Springs Wrestling Training Center is and the crossover, but I've heard reports of that, and that doesn't hurt, right? Um, So, um, and then also, again, I'm a big fan of Almeida, folks. I always have been, but like, it's one of those weird cases where even his supporters will be the first to admit his chin. Even people betting him on the spot will be the first to admit, you know, if, if I'm going to lose this bet, if is going to lose this fight, it's going to be something from his chin. And that's fair, too. That's fair, too. And, and, and even though I feel like that, that doesn't give enough credit to certain areas or enough discredit to certain areas, ultimately, my math might look different, but my math ends in that same way. And I think that's the agreeing point, even if you are ultimately picking and betting the opposite side of me. Which, as I outlet, lay out in my line of MMA betting article, I know has to be one way or the other. Fuck you, Dan. You're on my team. You're not. Because uh, that's that's the world we live in, folks, I guess. God forbid. But uh, again, I'm not shitting on people going for Almeida. Not only am I a fan, all these things. I get it, folks. But like, the good news is, folks, this is like a two-way action fight. I'm not talking about hedging, which the line was wide and came tight enough for you to hit those opportunities if that's your style. But I'm talking about two-way action in the sense of plus 115 is still playable dog price for Martinez. I was I missed the boat. I think I only got plus 110. Shit, if I'm being honest, folks. Um, Almeida, minus 135. Like, if you're right, not only can you tell me to suck it after the fight, which I'm sure plenty of you will. Suck it, Trebek. Um, but, like, you're getting a discounted price for your, your, your dude. You, you want to bump your chest on. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is good for you. So, good. Good on you. So it's good news for both parties here. We'll see which party wins. Um, but the thing is, even back when Thomas Almeida was in his prime and the chin thing was still getting fleshed out, like I picked Brad Pickett to beat him for a reason, folks. Uh, and I was wrong on the pick. I was wrong on the play. I'm not trying to do revisionist history, but I did say the left hook. Left hands are gonna be, is a common culprit. And what was it that dropped him? His left hooks. What was it that ended up, you know, paving the way? Uh, for other people to hurt him, left hands, right. Jimmy Rivera, I mean, his fight hurt him with multiple left hands and then rights as well, right? Um, and uh, Cody Garbrandt, who I picked that fight successfully against. So um, I don't know. I feel like I've had a, had a pretty good read on Almeida for the most part. Um, I didn't. I. It was tough. I wanted to pick Font. I, I, I think was the case because I, that also feels like a fight where I picked Font. Not to revisionist history it, but coming clean, I'm pretty sure I picked Almeida and regretted it. Um, and it was probably one of those things where you're overcorrecting the steering wheel because Font, you're, I'm super high on Font, and then he does the super like bad fight IQ thing against Pedro Munoz, right? So I think it was one of those things where I just couldn't trust him and wanted to pick him. So, you know, even where I was wrong in Almeida, not trying to play revisionist history again, but I, I feel like I've had a decent beat on him. And in my defense on that one, Font really matured in that fight. Uh, not only like, oh, he finished him with the head kick or whatever, but if you look at the finishing sequence, like, yeah, he rocked him uh, once and then rec- uh, Almeida looks to be recovered, but then you realize that he's not, right? And then he gets finished by the second flurry. That second flurry, Font actually shifts from southpaw and the kick and the punches come from a southpaw stance. Um, so even though Tomas Almeida is not fought from southpaw, I don't like how those angles are going to play and. F- Furthermore, when you go to his social media, the reason why I think he's got those chin issues that people point to, I think it's, by the way, I I do think that the chin thing could be there. I also think that his chin could be rested. So people banking on that angle, like, I'm with you, folks. I just don't think it's as much of a chin issue as, as even supporters say with Thomas Almeida so much as it is a style issue. I feel like a lot of his stuff is pretty damn written. He has a certain rhythm about him. You know, he's shuffling like an Edson Barbosa or a Holly or a Marlin, and then he's shuffling back in with his pre wrote violence, and it's violent, and he uses literally all eight limbs. It's awesome. And he slips, and he does move his head. I'm like, why is this guy getting hit so much? He moves his head. It's the fact that when you're so written, your head movement, almost not only does it disservice you, it gives them a target to swing into. So if you look at the connections, whether it was the left hands or the right hands that I was breaking down earlier, Almeida's slipping into these punches. Um, so I know that Martinez is not going to be as fast as Almeida, probably, and he's not, despite coming up from flyweight. And despite coming up from flyweight, it's not going to be as fast as the Garbrandts or Rivera's of the world. He's also not as good of a boxer. That's probably his least skilled striking range, right? I'm I'm not denying any of those criticisms, although Martinez... Is, has been quietly improving his countering ability. And even though he does need to take a shot in his defense, he has never been stopped or submitted as a pro or an amateur, which is a very helpful prerequisite when you're trying to beat a guy like Almeida. Um, but yeah, he's really written and he and he goes into those things. Uh, so yeah, that's why he hasn't been able to win or lose, getting knocked out or surviving to the bell. He hasn't been able to avoid taking massive amounts of damage in his UFC career. Like all of them. Right? So now he's getting his first southpaw in a camp that doesn't have a lot of southpaws. I don't believe. At least his size. Um, And I'm looking at the pad work and he looks like the same damn combinations I'll see in 2015 on the pad work in 2020. And he's as skinny as he looked. I recall Central Park and Fall. Uh, no, I recall him actually kind of being thick and a guy who cuts down, which... Hey, maybe he's better. Maybe he, like Brian Ortega, who you really can't tell if he's having a good or bad weight cut because he always kind of has that thickness about him, right? And he made weight this morning, folks, shaving his head, right, as I said, off the top. Um, going 28 days later mode. Uh, but So you can't really tell, but you know, you go back and look at Brian Ortega's Instagram in July and he looks the same. I'm like, okay, well, that's a good sign. Or, or May, he looks the same. He's been keeping this weight for a minute. And it looks like Almeida's been doing the same. However... He almost looks drawn out, like two and a half weeks ago, two weeks ago, and it's like says sparring day, and I'm like, great, this guy's already drawn out. And uh, Shootbox, one of the most notorious k- camps that hasn't really changed their ways, even AKA has adjusted over the years, folks. Like Shootbox is still the was always the notorious camp, and they hold out with pride because they're still fucking twenty years later, you know, almost twenty years later, the most notorious sparring camp. So I don't like those trends for Almeida, man. Forget the bet. Forget my pick. Like I like Almeida. I don't like those trends. So now he's going to be coming in with pre-written shit against a durable southpaw who can knock you out. And if it is a tough cut, or was a tough cut, and we don't know about it, because we, we don't, folks. I can't pretend that I do. You can't pretend that you do. He's going against a fighter that you could say Martinez isn't this guy or that guy. Well, Martinez emphatically goes to the body more by percentage, and hell yeah way more with more tools than anybody almeida's fought so there's a lot of new problems on the table that react specifically to his chin durability and style so the math adds up for martinez for me and a dog price constitutes a play good luck to you feel free to rub it in my face because you're getting a discounted rate on almeida i like almeida folks this isn't a one side or the other but vote for pedro we'll see uh Mathius Gamrut. Minus 320. Good, um... Kutateladze. Danny's not Italian. He's Georgian from Sweden. Plus 260. Interesting fight. Um, I get why it's this wide. You could argue that it should be closer. Considering Kutateladze was indoctrinated into wrestling and combat. Having a bunch of wrestling titles. And... um, As well as traditional martial arts. Dude's got like... Uh, I think he's got a Japanese jiu jitsu black belt, but uh, he's got um, a couple karate black belts. Um, so, this kind of explains how he moves. Uh, and I'll get to Gamrot, who I would think you guys are more familiar with. But Kutate Ladze uh, trains with uh, the hot, hot kid on the block, um, the wolf, the Chechen wolf. Dan, you wrote an article on him. and uh, as I defended the odds, because again, they weren't my odds, they were projected odds to what we see odds open at for for guys with hype, guys that are undefeated. Um, You could argue that this is not a gimme fight that they're giving them. So for that reason, the odds shouldn't reflect the gimme fight. However, Gamrod is undefeated. He does come with a lot of hype and that is installed into the price, folks. That's why this wasn't the public. He wasn't like open minus 220, which is maybe where I would have, you know, opened at minus 220, minus 250 range, which people could still say is low. I know the hype on Gamrod is high. Uh, but again, showing those two different angles. I, like, I'm i with you, folks. I'm more analysis factual what I think is going to happen, but that's not how odds necessarily work, whether I agree with it, whether you agree with it or not, okay? Um, and as we see here, because Gamrod opened at a minus 305, so it really didn't open much. And I guess because people did their research, which is probably why it didn't jack up or inflate because... You're having to pay a lot against a guy who's not a gimme. I'm still picking Gamrat here, who, you know, he's got a bunch of uh, grappling uh, accolades. You know, you guy got submitted by Totem, but the fact that he's getting in there, right, says a lot. This guy's got a lot of uh, grappling tournaments and accolades, ADCC, I believe, European ones that he has won. He can wrestle. He can scramble. Um, and he seems to dictate positions really well, even like when like guys will catch him off balance with Catch his knee and take him down. Like, he's like hitting sweeps right away. You know what I'm saying? And uh, shouts to the creepy KSW uh, commentary, especially the Chavello guy who tries to be creepier than him. he's I forget what matchup it was from last week, but it was like, uh, oh, it was a do police fight for sure. And he was like, this is a sexy fight. Oh, it's so darkness here. Long. <laughs> what is this guy talking about? <laughs> Is he talking about the fight anymore? Uh, but yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, I'm going to watch it this. I go back to watch some more KSW and... Uh, you know, anyways. Uh, but Kudat... Uh, yeah, um, he, he seems to control position well. Kudat is a weird guy, though, because he looks like, like... I can see how he was submitted, because he seems so... I don't know if lackadaisical is the right word, but he seems so willing to give his neck and willing to go... Because he, he, he'll gramby roll. He can wrestle and clearly grapple. So, you know, doctrine into martial arts. So I get it. Like, you know, again... One of the unspoken things about the karate, karate that's beneficial, um, when you see them coming out from a young age is spatial awareness. Um, that's one thing I credit to my defense and being able to be comfortable getting in sparring, uh, being able to apply to, like I gave the Kevin Holland conversation example, uh, applying, you know, Kung Fu and the dexterity that comes from that to more applicable martial arts like jujitsu. Um, so there's like little quiet benefits and, uh, I would credit that to his comfortability in space and the way he moves. It does worry me, which is why you could see him get leg locked, but in like a couple fights later against a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Black Belt, he's going heel hook to get out of a mount and scramble to his feet. So he's clearly not shook. Could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, because Gamrot will take a heel. He's he took seen him take take a clean inside heel hook. And um not that uh, I'm sure he's got some southpaws to train with, but Gamrock can fight from both stances, not just the southpaw stance he advertises. Uh, we'll keep that volume up. Jesus Christ, I saw that Norman Park fight burnt into my head. I know Norman missed weight, and uh, there was trash talk between them, but holy crap, that not shaking the hand thing. That was brutal. Did they eventually make up, folks? Anyone want to fill me in, translate that? So busy. I, I, it's so hard to follow KSW from me um, even guys I'm familiar with, right, uh, okay, so I'm gonna take Gamrot, um, you know, I guess just buyer beware for the parlay piece at that price, but yeah, I get it why he's priced that high, and I'm picking him here, by decision, uh, Jillian Robertson, minus 210, Poliana Botelio, plus 175, um, keep it short and sweet, like, Jillian Robertson's sweet giggle, <laughs> and I just, Oh Jesus! I like Julie. I, I, it's so cute. Stay on target, Dan. Stay on target. I'm just saying. Just, just saying. I like her. All right, Dan. Let's not get creepy over there. Uh, but yeah, she's got that cute, giggly voice. All right, easy, Dan. Uh, <laughs> but she's uh, uh, something so innocent about her too. And then she's like, you know. But then she's like, all like, you know, hitting the vapes and like. Just like coming out to like the tunes. I don't know, man. She's just got this dichotomy about her. That's just, it's, it's like that. It's, 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 it's very interesting. However, keeping and staying on target stylistically, I also like and impressed with the dichotomy there. She almost has that more explosive, young, feisty Damian Maya half guard pulling game, right? That she'll use when she can't get the takedown straight up and she'll get after it. And she owned up to the um what do you call loss macy barber loss but you know Airhead head wasn't in the right space or saying so. I forget what it was but it seemed seemed fair enough enough fighters go through that version you know forgivable so uh I'll, i i i'll take her in this spot um what did she open at uh she opened a little h- higher even um, If it gets lower to minus 200, I think that's, uh, you know, maybe I'll throw her in a parlay or something for fun, but nothing I'd say go to the bank on. Maybe a uh, buy submission prop is probably worth uh, worth looking at here. Let's see. Does my bookie offer of that? Let's look at the props. By the day, Robertson. think she can do it in Hound 1. What is Robertson around? One, two, two, three, five. I'll sprinkle on that. Sprinkle. Seven dollars, kid. You know Dan Tom bets the big money there. Follow me off that cliff at your own will, kid. When I say bet like a nine-year-old, folks, that's uh that's what I tend to do. It's the only way to keep it keep it fun keep it fun, especially when you take terrible swings which I bet a little more than a nine-year-old on last week, by the way. All John right, Jong-Young Park, minus 270. Uh, John Phillips, right, plus 230. Um, feels dangerous to have Jong-Young Park up that high, but I feel like he's a more athletic, straight puncher, uh, boxer. Um, but swinging with John Phillips can be dangerous, even though John Phillips, you know, he's got a black belt in judo there, a Welshman. Uh, damn, that's not even a well I don't even know what that was. Um, yeah, uh, wouldn't be mad if uh, Rented Tom Hardy wins, but uh, I'll go with Jargon Park. we go Jamie Malarkey. Didn't watch any footage on any of these fights coming up, folks. By the way, <laughs> so we'll cut through minus 150. Uh, Fares, 130. Uh, I'll take Malarkey. Uh, Fares seems more do or die. I think Malarkey can survive and outlast him here. Uh, what are the overs looking like? Ova. Over. Yeah, overs are stacked. Um, I don't know. You might as well play Malarkey straight if you're looking at an over angle, I guess. Um, unless you're going with an underdog, there. Not going to tell you where to put your money because it seems like there's angles on all these. Um, which is why there's actually no uh, nothing on the avoid list this week. I know, weird, right? Next fight, Maxime Guechin, minus three forty-five. And people juiced it, of course, because Godzimura Antigulov, between his wrestling base and name, generates a lot of respect. But when you watch the guy, you realize that he's got a couple good takedowns and he just dies a slow death for the most part. Um, So even if he tries to replicate the game plan that got put on Maxine Grishin last time out, um, he's going to gas out and then Maxine Grishin will pretty much um, have his way with him, you know? Like the, uh, well, damn, don't reference that scene in American History X. Moving yeah. on, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, and, you know, don't forget as well, uh, Grishan as well as, uh, who else here? Who else did I, uh, who else is, uh, is, is it Saeed? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that, uh, Team Ahmad, case it the team in gets but Sorry, I don't know why I do this strain Borat for Team Akhmat, but that's what you guys are getting. All right, Saeed Nurmagomedov. see minus four hundred versus Mark Strigel, who sounds like he's German but he's from the Philippines. Plus three twenty-five. Um, plus three twenty-five. Couldn't understand that terrible, inappropriate German accent. Um, yeah, he's got, like, Combat Sambo, but it's, like, a 2019 Southeast Asian title. The dude has mainly got, like, Southeast Asian wrestling accolades. Um, and again, folks, not dissing where any of these regions come from. These are good to know. You want to know what they do. Uh, where Saeed Nurmagomedov is credited with Combat Sambo, but on the resume here, it's a lot of, uh, you know, Master of Sports uh, MMA, so just coming up doing the whole deal. Um, but you know, you see the wushu sanda a bit, you know, with the spin kick stuff, stuffy stuffy. Wow, Dan, real technical now, yeah, real proper English there. Uh, and and you know, um, he can grapple as well, but uh, seems to like to strike and use that reach. So this will be interesting if he has to be a grappling match, especially that price minus 400. Did he open the eye? I'm I'm Taking Magameda, I opened it at minus three sixty five. Jesus, I'm taking him, but yeah, I mean it's super wide. wouldn't Wouldn't be upset if to see the Filipino uh, upset, but uh, I'm sure I'll throw on Saeed and some degenerate par you know parlay and then be upset when it when it when it when it when it when it, when it misses. Um, but no, um, I, I probably should avoid stuff like that, and so should you folks, uh, even if you're betting like me, because parlays are pretty silly. So yeah, I pretty much just went for the two. <laughs> the two plays and the uh, one prop that you heard me uh play live 55 all right we got on we, we did it under an hour not too bad all right recapping folks <laughs> taking Chan Sung Jung over Brian Ortega taking Jessica Andrade over Catlin Chukagian taking Jimmy fucking Crute over Modestus Bukowskis taking Claudio Silva, new level. Who, by the way, like there's a bunch of weed posted on Claudio Silva Instagram, so like I put Claudio Silva, Hannibal, plus weed. Uh, and then Dominic Cruz has his funniest commentary during a Hannibal fight. Forgot to mention that, uh, his last Hannibal fight. But yeah, are taking Hannibal Silva, never name, for James Krause, taking Jonathan vote for Pedro Martinez over Tomas Almeida, uh, taking Mateus Gamrot, over Gram Cutate he's not Italian. Taking Jilly Roberson over Pollerana Botelho. Taking John no taking Young Jin Park over John Phillips. Taking Jamie Mulaki over Faraziem. Taking Maxim Grishan over Gazimura Vendig. Taking Said Narmagamedo Timagma over Mark Strigel, he's not German. All right, folks. Uh, oh, and playing uh, Silva, plus 135. your Silva, playing Jonathan Martinez, plus 110, missed the boat. And uh, plus 225, a little sprinkle on the round prop, uh, Robertson round one. Let's see if she can get that. So, submission. Submission. Ta, 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 ta. Submission. Shout out to my Jewish brothers and sisters with that one. Who knows what that was from? Uh, all right, folks. Thank you. Uh, please support again on an Amazon click throughs at mixed martial analyst.com. PayPal for feeling so generous to help keep this free. That's right. Free weekly show. Been doing for almost five years now. Uh, Apple Podcasts. Five star ratings and reviews. Please help that YouTube channel. It's suffering sadly like 255 subscribers. Daniel, Tom, and Ray, Like this video. Subscribe. Thank you guys so much. Legitimately, good luck on your picks and plays. And always protect your neck.